If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show here on Pi Radio. My name's Gerns, and unfortunately, it is just me in the studio today. Halima and Simran are out there enjoying the sun again. It's becoming a regular thing. You know, I always have my suspicions that they are skiving when it's as beautiful weather as this and i am here inside but i'm not complaining because we've got a good show lined up today we have got martin who is a writer and a photographer who is joining us around half past to talk about the royals recent visit to jamaica which didn't go very well but we'll get onto that later we've also got cami kane who's a manchester artist joining us around five to talk about their latest single as well so you definitely want to stick around for that and you know what like on the topic of me being here even though the others aren't here no lie i had a dream the other day And this is like 100% true. I'm not even lying. I had a dream like a few nights ago where I was in jail. I don't know why. So don't ask me. I was literally, I just woke up and I was in jail, right? And I was wandering around this jail, like just like fretting as you would do if you were in jail and didn't know why you were there. And honestly, I can remember this so vividly. My first thought when i was in jail is oh my gosh by the way i was in jail for 30 days apparently i don't don't even know whether that's a thing but apparently yeah my sentence was 30 days and i remember looking at the calendar and being like oh my gosh 30 days that means i'm gonna miss four episodes of mango masala how am i gonna do this from in jail that just shows how committed i am the fact that i am literally dreaming about this (laughs) about like how am i gonna do mango masala like yeah you know what the heat has made me a bit delirious i need to you know what as well pi radio staff if you're listening where's the water we used to have water stocked up in these fridges for so long and now past few weeks i've come in nothing and it's getting hotter i'm dehydrated i've walked up those four flights of stairs pi radio if you're listening sort it out i am joined by our special guest well one of our special guests today martin thank you so much for taking the time to join us from for the view for the listeners that can't see martin has currently got a background of crashing waves swinging palm trees all of that so yeah where are you currently i am well i'm in my bedroom but i just thought given the context it would be suitable to have a caribbean background in honor of one of the funniest pr disasters i have ever seen mm-hmm. it's it's been a wonderful week honestly <laughs> <laughs> wonderful yeah <laughs> that, that's one way of putting it well let, let's just give you the context though first of all so for the people that might not have been listening to the news this week um prince william and um kate went to jamaica i believe their trip was as part of honoring the platinum jubilee which the queen is set to i think she did celebrate it in february or something but yeah, we're getting the holiday yeah do you know why we're getting the holiday in june i don't understand like i'm it's... not sure i think maybe they're trying to coincide it with spring and also the commonwealth games starts in june oh, yeah. so i think they're trying to you know coincide the commonwealth games with the gbe the start of spring and just just a cacophony of nonsense to start the summer mm. yeah i mean i'm not complaining about the holiday but in terms of like what it's actually celebrating like yeah it's debatable as to whether it should be celebrated but 
this most recent visit, Will and Kate went to Jamaica. And I think a lot of people probably thought that the reason why they chose to visit Jamaica and sort of make an appearance there was after what happened in Barbados towards the end of last year, um, which is that they chose to um, elect their own president as sort of the head of state or acting governor, whatever you want to call it, as yeah. opposed to Queen Elizabeth, who is still the reigning um, general, I think it's colonial general, I think that's the term, um, mm -hmm. for Jamaica. However, when they went there, I... I think, first of all, I don't think they were necessarily met with as much um, praise and acceptance as they're expecting. And then I think the thing that everyone is talking about right now is that picture or the, those series of pictures which depict, um, I think, Kate Middleton's in the foreground, Prince William in the background. And they're basically, I don't know what they're doing, but they're meeting um, some local people in Jamaica and they're but all the people are behind this sort of erected um what's it called wire fence sort of thing yeah um and immediately the first thing when I saw that is just thinking oh my gosh this is literally looks like they're at a zoo this this is what yeah. this this picture looks like and I just think that they will have gone into that thinking, oh, this is really, we're going to show people how we are um, progressive. And I think also, in my opinion, I think, I, I obviously this is speculation, but I do think maybe when Kate Middleton was reaching out her hand, she was thinking, oh, like Princess Diana, well, you know, when there was such a big thing in terms of yeah, uh, yeah. Um, hugging the person who, um, the child who had, AIDS I think it was probably something along that line but it has completely come out the wrong way um what what are your thoughts on the picture and this whole spectacle in general I think um I think the optics of the picture are terrible obviously I think from a PR perspective it's it's really bad but I don't think the picture in of itself is kind of the centre issue of what needs to be discussed mm. we all know how the picture looks it's terrible optics but from an objective point of view if you're as famous as Will and Kate are, just being amongst the general public isn't really, you know, permissible. Even if they were in the UK doing a tour, I doubt they'd be in amongst a big crowd of people. So whilst the optics of the photo are terrible, I don't think um, if the royal family's relationship with former colonies was positive, then anyone would be making a fuss of the picture. Mm. I think the issue is that the picture is almost like it's evocative of like past images we've seen and really representative of the exploitative relationship that the royal family have with colonised nations. And for me, that's the issue. I'd just like to pick up um, also on something you said before about them expecting to be met with sort of more adulation and how the trip hasn't gone well. Whilst it's true, and I do think there is a certain pig-headedness of the royals and the lack of self-awareness about how people relate to them it's not necessarily a new thing that Caribbean nations have had this response to them I remember being around how old have I been about 15 or so when David Cameron um, was prime minister there was a similar thing of him wanting to do a visit to Jamaica the then um, heads of state saying that yes we're coming to discuss reparations we don't want you to come and the visit was cancelled Across the of Caribbean nations, there's been a, a long-held understanding of the true nature of the relationship between the monarchy and their governments. It's just that I think post-BRM, 
the British mainstream media are almost more transparent about said um, relationships. So now uh, a Guardian or a Times or whoever it may be isn't being quite so radical in highlighting the protest movements that happen when these visits happen. Whereas pre-2020, you'd kind of be alone in being a broadsheet to publish the reality of the visits. So mm-hmm. by no means is this the first time they've been received that way. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially what you're saying is that the this has been happening for time in terms of this resistance. Yeah. It's just since BLM, <laughs> now it's actually, it's permissible to shed light on it and not be viewed as some radical left-wing... Yeah, now you're not... Viewpoint. Basically, now you're not... T- taking a risk by reporting honestly on what's been happening for decades. And it ha- it's not just decades, isn't it, as well? I mean, obviously, the people of the Caribbean nations, it's, there's a strong history there of re- revolt and rebellion in terms of um, the past, um, when obviously these different countries were, <clears throat> I was going to say more strictly colonized because, in some senses, they are still colonized, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, um, when slavery was around and when that was overthrown, the way in which that was overthrown in a lot of places was by this element of resistance and revolt. So, it's nothing, of new. course, yeah. Um, so do, do you see this becoming? Do you think this is something of the beginning of the end for the monarchy, or do you think that they're going to be able to uh, pass this? I don't know. I think for me, my understanding of the monarchy or the point of the monarchy is that for the British public, they kind of act as a sort of symbol of jingoism that allows people to ignore their material realities. So what I mean by that is the sense of pride people have looking at the Queen and thinking about the empire gives people a sense of superiority for being about being British that isn't kind of mirrored by any of their lived circumstances. As the cost of living rises, as people feel the squeeze financially with the fallout from getting a terrible Brexit deal, everything about living in Britain is now getting objectively worse. So in a sense, the function of the monarchy has never been more important than it is now. So in that regard, I feel as though there'd be a lot of pushback or a lot of resistance to any kind of cause for the UK becoming a republic. If you look at the political class of this country, you've seen stories about trying to mandate the national anthem in schools. There was a whole furore about MPs um, wanting the Union Jack to be president whenever they're on TV. The Guardian leaked a story, I think, last year about how a big part of Keir Starmer's strategy for the next general election would be focusing on you know, British nationalism, getting the Union Jack in the background of every address he does. People are going to really, really double down on symbols of sort of jingoism and patriotism um, to almost act as a distraction from the fact that everything's getting much, much worse in a material context. So in that regard, I don't really see the monarchy going anywhere as much as I'd like them to. Mm. I suppose as well, in a time of... Well, I'm going to say this, but then I'm realising that this probably doesn't change anything. I was going to say that in a time where the cost of living crisis is obviously becoming more and more dire each day, the economic role that the monarchy plays probably should be used to the people's advantage. But then in reality, if it was ever going to be used to the people's advantage, then it would have been. And I don't think it's of course, yeah. used. So, yeah, that's a bit of a moot point. But, it's, not, um, it's not a moot point it's just you're looking at it as a rational reasonable person and in that regard you're in the wrong country but that's not your fault yeah. 
do, well, maybe not the end of the monarchy then. Do you see this as the, because obviously it happened in um, Barbados now that they've um, ridded themselves of the association with um, the UK and the Queen. Yeah. And Jamaica, obviously there's been light now shed on this. It's become a lot more of a prominent issue in a sense that people are actually seeing it, which makes it more likely that Jamaica potentially would become its own um, republic um, separate to the UK in the future. Do you see that happening for the other countries that still remain effectively in control by the UK or, mm. yeah? I think, I think it sort of depends on the country's individual governments. So with Jamaica, it's actually, although the government are obviously pushing through removing the Queen of Head of State, it's actually pressure from the opposition party that's forcing them to do that because it was part of their um, election manifesto. Um, they're now being pushed by the opposition party to kind of like back what they said. Um, in Barbados, you've got Pranay Mason, who's sort of one of the subaltern world's leading socialist voices. So clearly, someone who actually cares about their country wouldn't want a, a colonial relationship with the monarchy. The difficulty with Caribbean countries, and we have it with a lot of African countries as well, is that when the heads of government are people who can be bought, um, that's what allows these relationships to continue. So aid, which never gets to the people, being kind of funneled into the pockets of like governmental leaders is always going to be an obstacle to removing the monarchy. So I don't necessarily think there'll be an entire Caribbean trend or an entire West African trend. I think it depends very heavily on who's in government at a said time. Mm-hmm. For sure. It is just, like you say, this has been happening for a while now and it's only just now that light's been shed on it. It does make you slightly hopeful that the fact that people are actually seeing this and yeah. seeing that it, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing what's happened like this, especially considering that this whole trip was supposedly a way to sort of save face after what's happened in Barbados. And mm. it just hasn't done that at all. But I think in terms of the monarchy and its relationship with colonialism and um, that like continues to pervade to the present day. I think it's similar to, in my opinion, what's happening with the Met Police. So like, like similar to the monarchy, um, this has been obviously, the stuff with the Met Police has been going on for ages. The police as itself as an institution is institutionally racist. So it's set up to fail. Um, but obviously things have been going on for ages in in terms of um, the abhorrent way in which the Met Police have been operating, in my opinion. Um, it's only just now that some more, more and more stuff is sort of coming to light. And I think it is especially within the past, say, few years, maybe it's because of COVID, I don't know, but it seems like week after week, there is some major setback for the Met Police. Like, mm. I remember the week before um, Child Q, um, something something happened with regards to the Met Police, and I remember thinking, like, oh, like, I wonder what's going to top it next week, and then literally yeah. something did. And I think this is similar to that way in the royals of their relationship with colonialism. Like, we can look at how many, or even the royals in general and the monarchy as a whole, we can look at, obviously, what's happened over the past um, couple of years. If we focus on that, with everything that's been going on with um, 
Prince Andrew, Harry and Meghan, and this th- this is sort of like a minor embarrassment compared to this other stuff yeah. in terms of the way that it's going to act as a setback for them. But it does make you think, like, I keep on seeing that with the Met Police and I keep on thinking, oh, how many times are they going to suffer a setback before anything actually comes of it? Yeah. I think it's the same for this. Like, how many times is the monarchy going to be exposed or embarrassed before anything comes of it? It probably yeah. won't. I think, I think my difficulty is that when it's, it's a really... Um really good in IG. I think my difficulty is when you think about the scandals of the Met Police, um, you have to think about who they impact. So as many horrible things might happen to young black people, for example, if we live in a country that on majority doesn't care about young black people, there's nothing you could really do to that demographic that would shift mainstream opinion. Similarly, um, with sort of the monarchy and their relationship with like colonised nations, you know, in 2020, we had the country literally arguing with itself about whether or not black lives matter. Like, you know, the notion of whether or not an, an ethnic group of people have the right to live actually being a mainstream debate in a country, to me, really inhibits the possibility that a legacy of colonialism could ever be damning for the monarchy. Mm-hmm. I think, and at the same time as well, I don't necessarily think if the monarchy was to be disbanded in every post-colonial nation was to become a republic it would immediately remedy the legacy of colonialism. I think it's much more of a financial discrepancy that needs to be addressed through reparations. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't necessarily um, think that there will be one, you know, scandal or one thing that will make people think, oh, we need to think about this. Because as you say, it would have been Prince Andrew or it would be, I don't know, the legacy of the transatlantic slave trade or it would be Meghan Markle living here for three years and then having to move because she couldn't stand the tolerance of racism and any lack of support. You know, there's there's no kind of like final boss of of nonsense that hasn't already happened. Um, yeah. So I think that's why we have to take the small victories of it just being really, really funny how bad certain trips go rather than necessarily hoping that it um, leads to something more revolutionary. Yeah, I mean... Thinking about it now, I'm thinking, well, what would it have been to have been a successful trip? Effect, and all I can think of is it would have been a successful trip if they'd gone there and they'd managed to get some actual good photos. That, that's, the, that's the only thing yeah. I can think of it being a successful trip because realistically, like, what, what do they have to offer in terms of, like, that? Like, unless they're prepared to offer complete reparations for everything that's happened in the past... Um, which obviously the monarchy acted as the head of state for, then I don't know what. Yeah, what I, I do. Yeah, from their point of view, I do wonder what the incentive was. Like, it clearly wasn't what happened. I'm sure whatever they wanted wasn't this. But yeah, I do wonder what was their imagined end goal. Maybe they thought there'd be some good photo opportunities. Maybe, I, I don't know. It's what it shows is that you can colonize the entire world and steal all the wealth of the world, but you can't buy self-awareness because otherwise this this would not have this journey would not have been undertaken. That is actually such a good quote. <laughs> you can, <laughs> they can colonize the whole of the world and all, all of its wealth, but you can't be rich enough um, to have so you can't buy self-awareness. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna take that. I'm, like gonna take that frame it that is absolutely <laughs> cool but it's also a good quote to end on but um, 
thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. My pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Sorry about the technical difficulties That's at fine. the beginning. But yeah, um, hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. And Most I'm going to let you get off on your um, Caribbean tour. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'll enjoy the rest of the show whilst I sit on this beach. <laughs> Cheers. Have fun. See you later. See you Bye. Later. H baby on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth led radio station. Absolutely love to see Manchester artists doing well. And speaking of Manchester artists, we have got Kami Kane in the building. How are you doing? Yes, Burns, you're 100% right. It's happy. I'm happy as well to hear Manchester people doing well. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bit tired though. We've oh, uh, like literally from your socials been seeing you guys have been doing the rounds the past like, couple well, of days. The past couple of days have been crazy. You know, uh, we've had the release in between that we performed Manchester Cargo on Thursday, mm. and then last night we went Birmingham, and uh, just got back a little bit ago. But it's great <laughs> here. But it's all love, you know. No, I appreciate it though. Um, obviously we've had you on the show before. Um, as part of the Monday Lit crew as you call it but um for any listeners that might not have um heard you before um, just tell us a little bit about yourself so basically i was doing music a very long time ago girls about 15 years ago i started professionally then uh, i stopped doing it for personal reasons so i had like an eight year break mm. and only last year we be- like became active so in in that year i think i dropped about six seven music videos mm. in the space of a year so it's been been a crazy crazy ride and as you know we're here for my theology alive but the first video i dropped was the original to this live version mm-hmm. and it's been a year and it's been a crazy ride ever since it must be kind of special then like obviously given that's the first track you dropped since your come back and now doing like a live more acoustic version of it yeah of course uh, the song itself the original was you know it's a realness from the music to the lyrics to the composition everything uh, we did that in house and it was a special song we knew as soon as we created it it was going to be a special song and sure. to make it even more special this version is it just brings out more more of the feel of the song mm-hmm. i think that's the thing that i like about in the open coming manchester asian talent specifically it's that you guys are able to do a bit of both like obviously you've got like your like bangers yeah. like lime Mandela, for example um but then you actually like are able to do this more softer laid back side like you lucky josh at all or you like Everyone, to, yeah. are able to kind of tap into both and that's not something that everyone can do do you know what i mean yeah it's true uh you said it how it is uh it's good to be versatile and music is one of those things that connects to people in different ways it could be just the music it could be the lyrics it could be the composition and sometimes all three of them put together, you know, you've got something special. Sure, yeah. Also, do you mind just like, speaking into the yeah. mic a bit? Sorry, this one's like a bit quiet. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I think it's really, like, it's really obvious that all of you are like really talented. And I really like how it's it's almost like you can like tap in to do different things with each other. But you also got your own individual styles as well. That's it, yeah, we've all got our own styles and sometimes we put it together, like Monday Lit, we all put it together mm-hmm. and 
that was a great success for us all. And uh, I like trying different things, you know, softer songs, upbeat, dance, real street. I like trialing everything. So tell us a bit about this latest single then, which dropped <coughs> yesterday, along with a video as well. Um, obviously, like you said, it's a live version of your first ever single. Yeah. Um, so what is it about it that brings out that, like, different side of you as artists? Um, this is it. I've got to give credit to Sam for this one because it was his idea to do a live version to it. Because mm -hmm. he was a big fan of the first one and he told me, he said, this song is really special. Like, whatever you've done in your career, this one stands out for me. And I agree with him because there's 100% realness in there. And with the live version, uh, big up Joe Ash as well playing the live keys. I know, he did a beautiful yeah. job. He did a beautiful yeah. job. Lucky with his vocals. We had five camera, camera operators. We had a guy on the Kahan, is it called? Or Kahan? I don't know what it's called. <coughs> and uh, uh, Jacob did the edit at the end, and uh, Hassan. Hassan did the, the mix of the vocals. So it was a big team behind this project. There's quite yeah. a lot of people involved with it. And it just bought out. Everyone put their touch to it and it sure. bought something special out. It's weird as well because the whole leafy background, like, you, it's, it's a bit random for the project, but it actually kind of works. I don't know why. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, Shall I be honest with you? When I walked into the place, that was all Sam. <laughs> that was all Sam. When I walked into the place, I said, Sam, what is this? But he, he said, trust me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I look at it. It looks, yeah. you know what? Fair play to Sam. Uh, it is different, but it looks cool in a, in a way as well, you know. For sure. Um, obviously, you guys have released this um, yesterday as an intention for it to be released alongside Mother's Day, which is tomorrow. Which is tomorrow. Um, would you say that like when making the song, you were tapping into your own feelings that you have for your own mother? Yeah, of course. Everything in that song is real, you know, comes from the heart. Every lyric I've written in that song even to Lucky singing it, all the composition, everything was just realness from the heart. Mm -hmm. So that's the first time I met Lucky. Um, and on the first meet, we actually written that song because I heard how he sings and what would suit his voice. And I, and I said to him, I go, you know what? I've always wanted to do a song dedicated to mothers mm -hmm. and you've got a nice soothing voice. How about we try this instead of doing something else? And he was like, you know what, I've always wanted to do something like that as well. So we sat there on the first meet, we come up with that whole song. I actually find it so weird to think that, like you said, you guys only met each other like a year or so ago. Like yeah, When, yeah. when yeah. I like look at your music, I'm like, oh, surely these guys have actually known each other like the time. I don't know. Like, look, yeah. I met him literally, yeah, <laughs> look, literally <laughs> one year. And look together how much noise we made in the space of one year. I know, that, that's the thing as well, like, it's this noise, isn't it? Because I remember when I first, like, came across you guys, um, I thought, oh, these guys, like, like say, like, you have obviously been in the game for a while, yeah. but, like, I thought, oh, they've all sort of been together doing this thing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. Obviously, I've had a lot of experience from the past, so I bought my experience with uh, the young guys, like, they're bringing the new feel into it, we mix it up together, and... Mm -hmm. It's been a crazy ride, so I've got to give a shout out to everyone I've worked with so far. Mm -hmm. For sure, well, let's give this a play then, and we can get listening to that like new sound. Do you want to introduce let's it go. for us? This is Ma Terejea by your boy Kami Kane and Lucky 
the live version. Yes, new Kami Kane and Lucky Marta Rijo on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth led radio station. This is Mango Masala, and we still have Kami Kane in the building. How are you doing? Yes, yes, we're good. I hope everyone enjoyed that one. Yeah, for sure. And where, so they've got the video out, we've got the song out. Where can they find it? All streaming it's platforms? It's on all streaming, yeah, it's on it, it's everywhere. It's on the YouTube, the videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, I think it's on everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, going to be focusing on this new single for a while. Obviously, it's literally Mother's Day tomorrow. Yeah, Mother's uh, Day tomorrow. But in terms of the future, what have you got planned in terms of new music, performances, that sort of thing? I've got two videos ready to go. So I've been busy the past few months. I've not released much the past few months, but I've been behind the scenes, you know, shooting videos and getting other projects ready. So I've got two big songs coming actually in the next. We've got a one month break because it's Ramadan next month. Sure. But straight after that, uh, we've got two videos ready to go and we're planning to shoot more straight after Ramadan. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a busy year. Like last year was busy, like we dropped six, seven, even more I think videos this year we plan to do more maybe an EP in there maybe an album that's how busy we've been behind the scenes so we've got a lot planned this year and when you're saying we who are you referring to the whole on the beats <coughs> the whole the whole camp like obviously um, I'm not sure if you know but I'm under Sam's management now and uh, we've got like a whole team together like, sure. I've, we're all doing our own thing but at the same time we're working with each other so just one of those when I would say we, I mean all of us. For sure. And it's nice to have that sense of like community as yeah, well, isn't course. it? It's key. For me anyway, I believe so. Um, teamwork makes the dream work. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's the mark to go by. Cool, so like if people want to keep up to date with your you and your music, um, where can they find you on socials? Um, I'm on Instagram official Kami Kane. Uh, Kami spelled K A M I. K-A-N-E I'm on Facebook as well as Kami Kane Twitter as well Kami underscore Kane underscore and Snapchat Kami Kane Sweet I mainly use Instagram recently Yeah, yeah Snapchat mainly It's yeah. the way it works Have you ventured into TikTok yet? Or? Actually I'm on TikTok Kami Kane Music is doing alright actually I never I never flip through TikTok I just post on there and just leave it Yeah But you know, I'm a bit old school, Guns. The social media stuff's not for me. I, I feel you, I feel you, but then you also you kind of, you ha- if you have, have to. to. We yeah. have to, we haven't got a choice in this day and age. Like, look, I've just about joined and started a live on my Instagram with the help of someone. <laughs> uh, has anyone else got any questions for us? Or? Um, I'm going to have to flip through. I don't think. Just all bigging me up. Not be yourself, Jake. It's all about your support, really. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on oh, the show today. Thank, thank you for having us. No, again. I know. Thank you. Like, I know. Obviously, like I said, the past couple of days have been really busy for you guys. So thank you for taking the time to come here. And I know you said you've got a busy day tomorrow, but I hope you do manage to get some rest. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> I have got a busy day tomorrow, but I'm gonna try getting some rest tonight in the morning and whatnot. Then uh, another busy day. And yeah, someone's asked, as Lucky releasing album, maybe, maybe we are. We have got a lot of work in the pipeline, so 
uh, Lucky is working on something, I'm working on huge things as well, everyone else as well. Would you ever consider doing like a joint project, like sort of like loads of you together sort of thing? Yeah, the last one, obviously, Monday Lit, we had five people on there, and we have got another one with me, Joash, Freezy, and Lucky on there. And uh, I don't want to give too much on that one, but it's going to be an anthem. It's nice to know that's in the pirate line, definitely. We need to shoot that video, it's something special. Like, you've heard us do the slow, the street, the mother song. This one's actually going to be a party track. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So you can tell, you know, obviously you've heard the Bangor Garage mashup, so yeah, yeah. I bought a bit of flavour of the upbeat style as well, so there's going to be a lot more of that mixed with everyone else. Nice. No, I'm really looking forward to that. Like Me too. Uh, yeah. That's a special. Sweet. So I'm going to play a bit more music now, but thank you no, so thank much you for, for joining us. <coughs>